Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And this is episode 125 of wow. the show. I know, 125. I feel we yeah. should slightly raise it back towards the pavilion. Yes. Um, but... Get on the 125 train to Edinburgh or something. Oh, indeed. Yes, the yeah. Intercity 125. Um, yeah. So we are going to be talking about characters in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so we're sort of going back to basics, really, on this podcast. We're thinking we've we've done loads of interviews. We've done lots of sort of nuanced stuff, and uh, but at the moment we're just thinking. I'm starting a sitcom from scratch. How do I write it? Last time we spoke to David Tyler about um, about situations and making sure that your situation is funny. Did yeah. you have any reflections on that afterwards, Dave? Uh, well, I just thought that actually um, you, you're saying, you know, we're going back to basics and um, actually there's never a bad time, whatever level of writer you are, whatever experience you have, there's never a bad time just to go back and really examine things. And that was actually after uh, spending that time with David and, and you and I had talked a bit about the sit aspect. Yeah, uh, I realised there was something that I, I was working on and, and that I hadn't really put enough thought into that um, sit aspect of it and that really um, so so it helped so it doesn't matter if you're starting out or you've been going 10 20 30 years uh, it really helps just to go right back to the beginning and look at those things yeah and I think some people yeah and I think some people can think they need to think of a situation that's never been done before so it feels fresh and exciting and and that's okay you know and i I, I set a sitcom in an active war zone, which had probably not really been done before. Um, so, yeah. And also, I you know did a sitcom set in management consultants. And actually, as I've, I'm sure I've said before, all of my sitcoms that I've had commissioned either by myself for radio or with Richard for, for television, they've all been... I've thought of the situation first and then the characters, which is an unusual right. way to go about it because actually usually lots of ideas start with characters. Yeah. Um, but so I think if you if you do feel like you've got a fresh angle on a familiar location or if you've got a fresh um, or, or if you've got access to a previously uncovered place, then mm. then you want to do that. But then the next thing you want to be thinking about is who your characters are. So, yeah. How do you go about doing that, Dave? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, just to uh, reply to that, what you're saying there about, you know, kind of coming up with original sits, um, I'm thinking about the the shows that I've watched most in the last year or so um, in terms of originality. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Modern Family, they're about as kind of familiar sits as you could possibly have. Um, Whereas The Good Place, which is incredibly original, uh, it's not quite as satisfying to me. So... Um, okay interesting proof proof if need be that you don't necessarily have to go very very original but yeah, yeah. generally i start with uh character and that that's a kind of area that's always been uh my my my, my favorite place to be because it, it feels like a character or two characters uh are you know they're, they're the kind of starting point for everything everything that, that that comes out of your show um i mean it might not be that like you know you can say dad's army is not doesn't start with character but once you start to put those characters into that you make it becomes the special thing that it was um you can look at yes minister yes prime minister um and say well obviously the 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 system of governance is a very important sit there but actually it's the way those characters are relatable uh, as people that we that we know even though we don't know the prime minister um and and so 
it, 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 for me, it always comes back to character. And you mentioned then about so just at the start about Bluestone Four Two, saying you know not many shows have um, been set in a war zone, and uh, you're right. But we do know the shows that have been set in a war zone. I like Mash is the yeah. obvious example, yeah. um, and and so this is what I'd say with with uh, uh, characters. Uh, the first two traits that I think any character has to have yeah. is that they have to be, and these are two contradictory traits they have to be original but they also have to be familiar um which sounds like well how can you be both well yeah but you but we intrinsically know it needs to be both does don't yeah. it and yeah just to say so I, I mentioned so going back i'm just going to be pedantic so i said bluestone was set in an active war zone yeah um, whereas mash was set in the korean war it just happened to look a lot like the vietnam war yeah um so that's that's my little get out of jail free card yeah. on that one but yeah but in terms of character in terms of characters, um, then then yeah, you do. They need to be. You need to feel like you know someone like that, but equally you don't. They don't. They can't feel like they're a stereotype yeah. or a or a hack trope or, you know. Yeah, I, I think the first thing uh, I, I I think it's okay to start thinking in cliches because uh, you know when you look at um, sitcoms and we've talked about this before, where you know like Fish Out of Water, Square Peg in a Round Hole, Little Man Against the World, these are all. Uh, perfectly uh, usable cliches to describe sitcoms. I mean, you wouldn't use them in your script, but um, that they're good ways uh, to, to start. And I think there's two sides to every story is, is where I always start with a character. Because the thing about a, a character for comedy purposes is, um, number one, how does the character see themselves? And number two, how do we see the character? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, I suppose David Brent is a sort of the, the perfect classic example of, um, you know, how he sees himself and how others see him is kind of the what that sitcom is about. And um, I, th- I, I think it's... You can... The, the, the way that you can get comedy is you can sort of just take a single word to describe a character and uh, you can say, well, that, that's, uh, that's a good word to describe someone. Like you could say, like Mark in Peep Show probably uh, would describe himself as um, cautious, maybe, um, or, uh, you know, uh, steady as she goes, maybe so- solid. He'd probably describe himself as solid, whereas mm. uh, Jed would, uh, dis- Jez would describe him as dull. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, they're, they're both right. You know, where and and Jez is uh, Jez would describe himself as uh, spontaneous, uh, uh, and Mark would probably say no, he's impulsive. And again, they're both right. Yeah, and and you can see where the comedy goes. It's like. Um, Yes, I'm. Uh, you know, Jez will go off and say, "Look at me, I'm so spontaneous. I've suddenly had this idea to do that." And Mark looks at it and it, it causes him a problem, probably, and it's it's impulsive and it just leads to more problems. Um, and he either doesn't act because he's dull and stolid, um, or or he does, and you know, he's because he's a naturally cautious person, he makes mistakes that way. So you can see how um, a person sees themselves and how the other person sees them. Uh, it's the same thing, but it, that there's it's the same but different. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And actually, the way the character is perceived by the other characters is really important. And that, I guess, knocks on into the business of relationships because there's no point in having an outrageous character if everyone else is outrageous in the same way you need someone 
who is not necessarily the opposite, but you want yeah. someone who who is um, not not the same. Yeah. Um, but equally, yeah, it, you you sort of what I like about these characters is that what a character would describe themselves as and what we would say they are is really yeah. important because it taps into that thing which I say a lot in this podcast is no one thinks they're the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. all, all they're trying to do is X. All I'm trying to do is this. Um, the, you know, uh, Sir, Sir Humphrey, all he's trying to do is to keep the, the ship steady. Yeah. They don't want to change anything because everything's sort of basically fine. And if it starts to escalate and go worse, he's trying to stop revolution where it's it's always going to be bad, yeah. at least as far as he is concerned, whereas the, the whereas Hacker is trying to change things. And he's been elected to do that. And so they're, they're both right and they're both wrong. Yeah. Um, and that's what you, you want to set up that eternal conundrum at the heart of the show, don't you? Yeah. Well, you've also got, for ha- uh, uh, in, in a similar way with that show, you have got uh, Hacker has his own views about how, what he thinks should happen. Um, and it then becomes a kind of, well, how much can you... There's only so much you can do. Um, And, I mean, I think we could look at the last three and a half years and see how, you know, one human's desire to do something um, is always going to come up against, uh, you know, the fact that lots and lots of other people don't want that way to happen. And you can see how Sir Sir Humphrey is actually... uh, He's he's not just trying to keep things uh, as they are. Um, his kind of his life depends on it almost, mm. um, and 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 for Jim, his life depends on looking like he's doing something. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a sense, we've had that played out literally. Uh, to, to, over the last two or three months, you know, we we had a new prime minister who came in saying, "I have been uh, elected to do this thing. I am going to do this thing." Every day, he said, "I am going to do this thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it." Until today, when he said, "I can't do it," yeah. and you know, and and we all we all knew, we all saw, we were all watching him going, "No, you can't do it. It's not going to happen." Yes, it is. I can do it. I can do it. I've got gung ho spirit. Whatever. I'm going to do it no you can't do it i can i'm gonna do it no, no. you're not gonna do it yeah. and, and, and you know this is such a classic comedy thing you know when david brent says look i'm a chilled out entertainer no you're not look at me i'm gonna prove i'm gonna spend the whole episode showing you what a fantastic chilled out entertainer person i am we know you're not gonna do that you're gonna turn out to be the horrible monster that we all know you are yeah so you know yeah it, it's um um, I, I've kind of gone off quite a tangent there, but no, on, no, that's helpful. That's, it's uh, all, it's it, all good. Yeah, but that, that's uh, that, that. There, we've been playing out scenes from Yes, Prime Minister for the last three months now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So it's just it's it's trying to have sympathy for your character, see how they view themselves, and see how how we view them, we the audience, but also how the other characters view them, which also yeah. says obviously a lot about about the characters as it does about the character that you're trying to define. So yeah, it's, it's such a, and it sounds complicated and it is. And that's why setting up a sitcom is, is really, really, really hard. Um, It's much easier to write an episode of somebody else's show uh, than it is to create, because you've just got all of these untried and untested relationships 
and um and somebody the, brilliant created those people for you as well yeah so. yeah and it, well and not only that or, or they were very lucky and yeah. they survived the initial series and now suddenly it sort of turns out that there's just like that there's just a way in which these characters relate and talk to each other and everything and it's it's yeah. all fine um I think, yeah. uh, and you mentioned the word um, sympathetic there. Uh, that um, which which um, we we are finding, you and I have both found in recent years, and I think they find it in America as well. Uh, that producers have been uh, mis uh, mistaking the word sympathetic to being uh, likable or lovable. Yeah. But, uh, when we say a character is uh, sympathetic. It's like we understand why they are like what they are. We don't. We don't necessarily like the person. Yeah. Um, you know, um, literally in the case of uh, CJ and Reggie Perrin. You know, I didn't get where I am today um, mm. by being by being liked. Yeah. And uh, no, we know you didn't. You got there by talking in these ridiculous. Um, cliches um and and just being you know kind of being blunter and more you know kind of more self having complete lack of self-awareness to make yourself uh the boss and and you know thick-skinned really but yeah we we, we 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 see we know why he acts in the way he does because that's he's the boss and that's how bosses act he, he it's he's a he is a sympathetic character in that uh sense of things they don't you, we don't want to necessarily be friends with them i think if a character is is just really, really awful and hateful, then that that's quite a hard mm. work. Yeah. Um, and you can possibly have a character who is like that and who is really um, hard to like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we sort of... And also, I think this is the point at which it is worth having a an actor possibly in your mind playing them because that will automatically sort of warm them up a little bit. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I remember pitching a show with a character who was you know a bit of a monster well no right. she was an absolute monster and they were just like no i don't think we'll like this person and i thought oh actually we we do like people like this even though on yeah. the page or as a concept they might seem like a bossy boots or a know-it-all um there's so, and and it, that therefore you need the casting of someone who is quite charming who can get away with it yeah. um so it is worth having someone in your mind when you're creating these characters about who could play them. And it obviously, you know, and it is, it is useful. Um, but obviously there's a very small chance, A, that the show gets commissioned because that's just the basic numbers of the thing. But B, that that actor will be willing and available. But it, it at least gets you, it gets them talking in your head. It gets, it gives them a voice, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I might have mentioned before uh, a comedian I used to work with a lot in my stand-up days, um, a man called Richard Morton, um, who's a very, uh, very jolly, cheeky, chappy, Geordie, um, delightful, lovely person, always uh, fun to be around, um, and just seems like uh, the most innocent, uh, lovely person. And he, his act is just the filthiest, most disgusting, uh, horrifically uh, lewd act of anyone that I've ever known by a long, long way. But he gets away with it because he's just such... He's got such a sort of nice, cheeky, chappy uh, right. persona. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that, that, that kind of plays against it. Just, just to go back to what you were saying as well about... Uh, you talk about Sir Humphrey, you know, he, he's not... It's not that he's a bad person. He wants that thing. Um, but the th it's the thing that he wants um, that is a problem. And, mm. and, um, and that's, 
that's how sometimes you get you you get a monster uh, because they're trying to do something. They're they're like they're they're, they're a flawed character. They're, they're they're trying to do something that uh, Sir Humphrey's probably not the right one here. But you know they're trying to be something that they are not. Uh, Phil Dunphy is trying to be the perfect dad, and and he isn't. You know he's mm. he's a bit he, he's he's a great guy you know he's yeah. a lovely guy and he is a lovely dad but he thinks he has to be some something else yeah. so that's kind of his yeah. flaw really. yeah and i guess what 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 you need to be clear of when you're creating phil dumphy is not just he wants to be the perfect dad you then have to sort of think well what is the perfect dad but actually you don't even need to answer that you need to answer the question what is his version of a perfect dad what is this what is this impossible standard in his mind that he's trying to live up to? I mean, it's um, his dad. It's actually his dad, and his yeah. dad is is, is brilliant casting. On the rare in the moment you see him for the first time, you're just like, oh my goodness. Um, now we know. Now we know, but <laughs> yeah. we we sort of always knew. So when you when you meet his dad, it's not it's not a surprise at all in that sense. It's just a wonderful like, oh yeah, and so he's always going to feel like he's. He's, you know, not good in. He's never good enough in comparison. Yeah. So it's just a question of making sure that we've, you've got answers to all of these questions, um, and you need to interrogate these characters from from every, every, every angle, don't you? Really. Yeah, yeah, and I think under uh, 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 simple uh, way of doing this, if you're stuck, really, um, is just get them to do something, make them make a decision yeah. and, uh, and see where that leads. Um, because that's, um, if, if your character is just there doing stuff, reacting to all the other people or the stuff around them, yeah. uh, un- unless that's something about, them. I mean, there, there is, a, I suppose there is a sort of element of that uh, to Mark in, in Peep Show. Um, he, he is a bit of a kind of, you know, kind of buffeted around by circumstance. But then, Generally, the circumstance has been pushed on him by Jez. So, yeah. um, and it's only when he pushes against it, and then that that kind of raises raises the stakes uh, of the story. Um, so, um, but he still does. He is decisive himself. He is always sort of trying to to do things. I remember in the early uh, early series where he was, you know, kind of always um, playing against was it Jeff, I think, at work. Oh yeah, uh, and. Um, you know, this guy Jeff was just always this. You know, he's just kind of always losing to this guy Jeff, who, who wasn't that particularly charismatic or clever or anything. But he just kind of had Mark's number and just knew how to take the piss out of him and knew how to to wind him up. And so every decision that Mark made to try and get one back on Jeff would always backfire on on Mark. But um, Generally in Peep Show, you know, it's it, it, Jez. You, so you create a character. They, you know, they created this character. He's impulsive. That's a fantastic way to to get a proactive character to do things to cause uh, problems and uh, to get into scrapes, which is the phrase that um, I mean, it's a phrase that um, James Acaster uses. You know, the stand-up. Um, yeah. He's always a, a, a lot of his routines. They they are. You know, kind of the minutiae of life. You know, buying buying a banana at a prep shop. He turns into this sort of epic story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, his, uh, his I've seen saw him do like a two minute routine about his cheese grater. You know, he's got he he turns uh, the the tiniest tiniest things into his epic. Uh, 
problems really because it, it, he is who he is and you know he it, it's kind of you just think yeah we know we know people like that you know there's nothing uh you know he's not gonna he doesn't want to be seen to be in the wrong in any way and uh you know and so he get he gets into scrapes uh doing that and you, you get a character like um larry david in uh curb or George Costanza in Seinfeld, take your pick, you know, and they they get into scrapes because they just misread uh, the, the signals around them and they think, oh, that person wants me to do this. And it's kind of, no, they don't. They want they want the opposite. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. And so and so that's again, this is all like, you know, making your character do something. And when, at this early stage, when you don't necessarily know who your character is yet, this is a good way to to work it out yeah and those little sketches i think are a thing worth doing um so as you was talking about you know give them give make it get them make a decision or imagine them all in a car and then you get a flat tire and what are they what you know do they take charge do they insist on fixing it themselves do they are they the sort of person that would insist that you phone for someone are they the sort of person that would actually just go oh right stuff this i'm going to hitch a lift with the next car that goes past um if they, if you, if you literally cannot think of what they would do in that situation, you, 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 do, you need to kind of go back and work out your character, or use the situation to define your character and just go. Wouldn't it be cool if they were the kind of person that does this in that situation or that, and then let that inform who the character is? So, so in a way, use those sketch sketches as it were, which may yet turn into scenes in an actual script, which is which is fine, but. Um, if you've got a situation and you've got some characters, sort of work out some of the things that might happen in that situation and work out what they would do in that situation. And and then if you if you can't do that, then either your situation or your character isn't quite right yet. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's right. And in fact, as you were saying that, I was kind of imagining different characters like um, Adina from uh, Ab Fab or yeah. uh, Basil Fawlty in that, well, yeah, in, beating in, in that the car, car yeah, with it's the flat like, tire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of one of the great all-time you know yeah. sitcom scenes. Is they created a character who would literally run off and then come back with a branch and beat the car. Yeah, um, and that that seems perfectly in character. Yeah. Now um, you wouldn't. That that's another aspect of a character, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, how many people can honestly say they have witnessed somebody whose car's broken down go and get a piece of tree and whack the car with it? Yeah. Um, and and obviously not. But when you watch Basil Fawlty doing it, you just think, yes. I mean, yes, you're laughing, obviously. If, mm. And uh, but at the same time, you think, yeah, I can totally see him, that yeah. guy, that guy that I've invested in, and I yeah. I, I know his character now. Yeah. I can just imagine that that is his response to the car breaking down, yeah. and and uh, so that that is another uh, element is is that we have to kind of we have to believe in the character. We don't have to th- think that this is a real thing that they can actually do. Um, yeah, or, or that, or you know, well, rather, what, what I mean is, we don't have to think, ha, huh, this really funny thing happened to me in my life. I'm going to write it verbatim. Um, and you'll find that pretty soon uh, the, that the story kind of fizzles out because our lives generally don't really uh, follow the pattern of a like a three act story or of a kind of a sitcom character or something. Yeah. So, um, but 
you know, you can uh, see an incident. You could maybe, like, you know, overhear an argument on a bus or something, and, yeah. and but create a story around that. You've heard, you've heard the language and the rhythms, and you can take those, um, and and it'll be believable because those were things that were actually said, and you can kind of build build around that. But uh, I think that is a mistake. Again, new writers sometimes make is they think, um, right? I'm, uh, you know, I've I've I'm going to write. I'm a I'm a 20-something, I've been out of college for 10 years and uh, I've got a job and I'm a bit bored. I'm going to write a sitcom about a bunch of 20-something people. And, uh, you know, and, and, hey, somebody did that and wrote Friends. I'm not saying yeah. don't do it, but be, be aware that you need to take a few leaps um, in, with your characters away from just, oh, it's about me, really. Um, and, and, you know, personally, me, I'm, I'm probably one of the worst offenders. You know, just about every sitcom I've ever written is basically about me. Uh, huh. And, uh, you know, uh, I say that not as a kind of rampant David Brent egotist, but as a sort of uh, cl- classic uh, sort of middle-class uh, m- middle class. Uh, indecisive kind of that my persona I feel is a sitcom character right. who, who has yet to have been used right. um, or yet to have been done successfully although I do think probably um, most of the characters that Martin Freeman plays are kind of a bit like that really now so I have to find my my way of doing it that's a yeah. little bit more original well yeah I, I would be dubious about it, 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 it it's a. I think it's a problem if the central character is you, and I had this exact problem. I did this little show for BBC Radio Wales called "Be Lucky," and I did a person. I, I was having problems with the lead character because he wasn't quite active enough, and I did a personality test for him. I just sort of imagined him sitting a personality test and answered as he would answer, and discovered that he was an INFP, which is exactly the same personality type as me, and so I realised that. I was always going to let him off the hook. I would always make him too nice or too reasonable or too this or that because because I always, you know, give myself the benefit of the doubt, which I which obviously I shouldn't do. But so I would say you want to, you kind of want to try and get away from those characters. It, you, you sort of don't really want to agree with any of the characters in your show, and that actually the the truth is somewhere in between all of the um, all of the arguments and ways of going about things and usually you know i think a sitcom when it's going well is like when the hero goes off and does the wrong thing you can just go well there is a case to say you could do that and that character would definitely do it that way so it's not an act of insanity because otherwise you're then into the realm of the logic police who you just think no no one would ever do that and there's always a telltale sign of that when uh, when there's a line where somebody says in a show or a script oh i panicked you just think, well, sort of generic panic made you do yeah. something that was funny but and very convenient for the plot. Right. Um, and I just always think that's a bit of a cheat, really, and that shows you that you've not quite done it right. But, yeah. you know, easier said than done, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, but I think um, what, where I would uh, say differ with, with you in terms of the kind of um, the, the, the personal uh, element, I suppose what uh, I, I have a, a tendency to um, overanalyze uh, myself and um, that kind of 
partly uh, what what I, I find in that is I can look back on certain incidents and see where I had I displayed like a total lack of self-awareness right uh, and I and I can then it, it's then that the, the, the character is sort of built on that incident I suppose right. really yeah. as much as um, as a, as it's kind of as it's me you know Dave uh 61 north london whatever um but it's like oh this is this is what i was like at that age and i did that thing and that's kind of if if i take that and lack, lack of self-awareness is a is a is you know quite a, quite an important aspect i think of of character often it's you know you often see it in in sitcom characters and it is like if you if, if you are unable to see about yourself what other people see and again it comes right back to this thing saying at the beginning about who you are uh, who how you see yourself and how others see you and someone like adina in ab fab um has no self-awareness that she is uh you know she she is trying to be something uh she's desperately trying to be the more the harder she tries to be the thing that she wants to be the more obvious it is that she isn't that thing and sometimes I look at things that I tried to be or tried to get and it can be like a very small thing like you know I tried to be a certain type of writer and the harder that I tried at it the the more I failed well you know there's there's a reason for that and that's that I wasn't being honest with myself about who I was and, and why and so that's I kind of without getting too deeply into psychoanalysis in order to create your characters. I do think you can find uh, in your own personal uh, study of, of yourself, you, you can find incidents. Well, why did that happen? Why did that go wrong? And what, what if I was to take that and turn that into a character? Yeah, and and no yeah. one else, no one else can do that because you're the they're the you're the only one that did it. <laughs> you know, you you yeah. know it in detail. Yeah, no, that's that's true. So that you want to make the most of your own sort of insight and your own, um, yeah, uh, your own predilections and make the most of it and write that in uh, to one of your characters. Um, but yeah, obviously the main it's, character it's, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. But again, it doesn't always have to be. Um, yeah. it just needs but it depends on where and that's the other thing is that sometimes when you're creating these characters you may discover that the show is not about this character but but those two characters the relationship yeah. between those characters rather than hmm. um, you know and the show isn't about the location but this relationship I mean I remember I first came up with Hut 33 about um, Bletchley, a sitcom set in Bletchley Park in World War 2 and because I liked the geeky aspect of it, but actually I realised that in Bletchley Park, everyone's a geek. And so therefore you don't stand out for being a geek and actually the show needs to be about something else. Yeah. And it was through talking to my wife that she was kind of telling me more about the social history. And it always puzzled me that after World War II, the, the, um, the winning prime minister, uh, Winston Churchill, lost the election with a landslide. And the reason for that was the fact that rich and poor had served together in the war and everyone had seen how the other half lived and thought, well, this can't go on. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, oh, well, the show is actually about how the other half live. And so yeah. you've got um, and so you have a, uh, a privileged, wealthy sort of Oxford professor of linguistics and a pulled him up himself up by his bootstraps, uh, Geordie, played by Tom Goodman Hill. And, and the other character played by Robert Bathurst. And then you go, oh, great. Well, that's, 
I've now got two characters who I can write, who I can see arguing more or less permanently. Oh, and it appears to be essentially only when I laugh um, with uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, between Glover and Figgis, um, you know, James Bolam and Peter Bowles. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought, I great. Think, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting that I have, um, I, I don't want to go on about this because I have talked about it quite a lot, but uh, as this uh, novel that I've been working on, that I did spend most of last year uh, not actually coming up with sitcom ideas. And in the last couple of weeks or so I've been coming up with new sitcom ideas and I and I realize that part of what the novel writing has taught me is actually it's just, it has allowed me to create people who are nothing like me so I have actually uh, for the first time managed to move away quite a lot from uh, just it being about me because uh, partly because this novel's about me and I'm bloody sick of the sight of, sight of uh-huh. reading about me age 17 um so i i in looking at the other people around that character i've i've, I've uh, organically found that i've been creating new very new people very different people to a, a, any types that i'm used to uh creating and that that's been quite a liberating uh, thing for me so yeah so it, so coming away from just being a personal thing as well is, is has been quite quite a good thing for me really yeah Cool. So what are some of the other things that you might need to think about creating creating characters? Is there any sort of exercise? So, you know, one thing is put them in a situation and just sort of see how they get on. Are there any other sort of yeah. hacks or tips? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's always worth um, doing very uh, dull scenes, for instance. I mean, if you're doing like a couple, um, you know, the, the, the most successful uh, comedy show, family comedy shows, you know, there's usually uh, a scene in the bedroom. It's not necessarily an intimate scene, but it's like, how, what are this couple like in a bedroom? Or if it's uh, siblings, you know, what are they like? around a dinner table and you know so it's that they're, they're very kind of banal uh kind of um things but like you say you can get some quite good uh you might find that one of these turns into like a really interesting uh scene um you know someone goes to buy a newspaper what kind of newspaper do they read i know people don't read newspapers anymore but if people still read newspapers what would they read what and uh you know where what sort of uh place would they go to to have a drink after work you know so th- those those kinds of things i mean just a couple more things i would just add about a character um one of the one of the crucial things being um th- that they never learn from their mistakes and i think that's something that's uh, worth um bearing in mind and it is and again it's a difficult one in the nowadays everybody's saying oh you've got to have a a narrative arc to your you've got to have drama to your comedy and how can you have a drama if a character doesn't move if they're stuck in the same place but you've got you've got this contradiction now with comedy uh that you know nothing nothing ever changes um but you've got drama and in drama everything does change so you kind of have to find a way that a character learns from the mistake just long enough uh, until the next episode when they will have forgotten everything and it will make sense that they've forgotten everything because that's the kind of person they are. Um, so yeah. so you do have to... That's the kind of thing that I would add since the last time I spoke about this is is you do have to kind of... You, you, you have to somehow kind of put, put a narrative arc on top of it uh, but without changing the person, which is, which is a pretty hard call really, isn't it? Um, that that's a, yeah. that's a new thing, isn't it? Do, yeah, have you no, found that? Tricky. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, you do need to give them a little bit of a journey without changing them. I'm just going back a bit. I mean, I um, when I developed Think the Unthinkable, I didn't know what I was doing at all. And there weren't podcasts back then, all the internet, really, to be able to tell you. Um, I just you read Stephen King's book on comedy, and that was it. And you were, you thought you were lucky. You um, had that no, book. what did I have? In fact, I've got it. I've got it in my hand right now. I have writing comedy by uh, Ronald Wolf. Um, ah, yes. But what I did was I um, created a little CV kind of thing. I, I wrote, you know, with with pen and paper. Actually, cut out of a magazine uh, what my characters might look like. Um, right. <laughs> and worked out what they would order, what coffee they would order, and yeah. worked out um, all these sorts of things. I didn't necessarily work out, you know, parents and backstory and everything. Yeah. And again, do think of black backstory. Backstory is fine, but but for goodness sake, don't put it in the pilot episode. Don't put it because we we want ultimately we want to know where these characters are going or where they yeah. think they're going, and only say where they've come from. If it's if it's really essential to where they're going, but ultimately we we sort of don't want to know. Really, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think um, one thing, one exercise that I would find very useful uh, if I were you listening to this now is that James and I have been uh, creating uh, a, a sitcom uh, on yeah. our on our Patreon podcast, and mm. um, it's called Soup to Nuts at the moment. But we've um, we're, we're kind of making a bit of progress now. I'd like to think, but there are kind of about two or three episodes sort of around uh, that where we're starting out to create it and we do have uh, some some slightly frustrating uh, episodes where we're trying to create a character and we're talking around it and we've got all this stuff in mind and we say oh yeah but they have to be proactive yeah okay well they'll do this and that and they'll say yeah mm, but there's that sympathetic you know are we going to believe that person and so we we've been kind of talking talking our way around that stuff and uh, I don't I, you know I I've I, I've been listening to it all again. Actually, recently, I've listened to the whole uh, the whole lot, and wow. uh, <laughs> and I um, and I'm aware that we kind of you know we 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 think we've solved something, and then you come back and oh no, it's not quite solved. But then there there's another point where you think well doesn't matter that we haven't solved it yet let's just get down to writing it and 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 see if we can solve it in the writing and that's you know that's also a kind of hard uh, decision you make yourself that you have at some point you have to go yeah uh, I've got to um, I've, I've got to have faith in my ability as a writer to to push this forward now so maybe that's the other thing is you know do you don't worry about it being 100% right before you start writing yeah I think that's it yeah and you just need to get going at some point and you just need to um yeah make some choices and then go back and do it again and it, it's if you but, you know people I think we just have this idea that because you're seeing the very final version of the very final edit of a sitcom episode most of which let's be honest aren't that good but if yeah. you are watching you know the, you are seeing you are seeing the fourth edit of the of the ninth draft of right. the fourth outline of a show that people are already dis- deciding is, an, is is a running you know is up and running so it does and then you know I'm obviously I'm, I'm a bit into I love documentaries about art and art theft and all art crime and stuff right. but when they x-ray these pictures they discover that there are other pictures beneath them or that there, there was a whole this person's arm was completely wrong beforehand and you think oh blimey how on earth could could van, you know could 
could um, whoever it was, Van Dyke, made of such a stupid mistake? Well, because it takes time to get it right. So I think have I've an expect- a song about that. Have what? Well, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, Mona Lisa. Horrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. That's about but, but 15 have, years to, 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 to make that painting, apparently. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> but but the point is, even if they do it fast as well, it takes a lifetime of experience to know. And so the people who can work quickly with the brush, as Leonardo da Vinci did with The Last Supper, which was painted onto plaster and you have to paint it fast, well, right. that's fine. But that wasn't the first thing he did, was it? No. Um, so you just need to be be prepared to kick it around and think about it and think about it and think about it and then write some things down and then yeah. go back to it mm. and then go for a swim and you'll have another think about it. And you go, oh, this character yeah. could be this. Or suddenly, you know, you think yeah. you've cracked it and then you kind of have, but then you you need to crack it again and then you need to crack it again. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. But I would suggest going to joining us on Patreon would be a great idea. And then you can access um, over, well, I think there are now 13 episodes of Soup to Nuts, yeah. um, as, as well as uh, plenty of other content, including first 10 page challenges. So Patreon subscribers um, at a particular level, the, uh, are they the Mackay's uh, level? Um, yeah. <laughs> They, no, they, they can Mackay, the real Mackay. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yes. So, right. yeah. so they can yeah. give us um, send us a, of the first ten pages of their script, and we do a special podcast only about that, and only for Patreon subscribers. But we also have a competition, don't we? Which people yeah. can enter um, in conjunction with uh, British Comedy Guide Pro, who host this podcast on their servers and make it available uh, to you. If you join BCG Pro, you can enter our script competition for which the mm-hmm. prize is being on this podcast whilst we critique your script. Um, if you can bear to do that, if not, we'll critique it and we won't drag yeah. you onto this uh, podcast. Um, but there's still a bit of time to go. That's the 17th of November is the uh, deadline for that. Uh, I'm also running a couple of uh, classes uh, around that time um, about um, for um, sitcom writing and also uh, writing for uh, gags and uh, writing just, just generally how to write jokes and how to write yeah. uh, characters and stories. And that's uh, you can find all that on my um, website, davecohen.org.uk. UK. Yeah, so loads of good um, good advice there as well. Just have a click around. And so also, um, Dave's written an excellent book called How to Be Averagely Successful at Comedy and also The Complete Comedy Writer, mm-hmm. um, which you can also find details of on Dave's website. And available I've written... A... On, yes, available on all good computers. That yes. Yeah. Uh, and my book is also an e-book called Writing That Sitcom, which does take you through the whole process of thinking up the show and then, you know, how to write that first draft and then what to do with it. So that's, that's called on, writing uh, that sitcom. Yeah, that's on the Patreon as well, isn't it, as an Audible? Uh, yes, you're, you're so that. you can either buy that off my website or via Amazon as a for the Kindle, or if you join us on Patreon, then I'm also doing, you might get it free, and also I'm doing an Audible version of that, and we're sort of about halfway through that at the moment. So hopefully that's enough to be going on with. Um, That is episode 125, um, the express train. uh, That is this podcast. If you want more details about the sitcom uh, competition, the script competition, go to BCG Pro and uh, have a click around and have a look at that. And hopefully um, all the information you need will be there. And uh, I think that's it. And next time we'll be talking about plots, won't we? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so too. Great. Speak to you next time. All right. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye.